It's almost time to go home and I'm just starting, huh? Well, my intention this morning was to bring a lot of different kinds of music. Before most of you got in here, we had um, a song that was hip-hop, and it was followed by uh, a song that had some Eastern um, sounds with Western sounds mixing, and then we you know, did some rhythms here. And, um, and Sting's song for the operatory, he does contrapuntal rhythms or, or, or lays things over each other that are different. And I, I have to count them a funny way just to be able to keep up with them. Like, uh, there's one part that I, I count, one, one, two, one, two, one, two, three. And that's the only way I could play it when I had it in a band. But, but th my point was I really wanted the first song to be played at a very high volume um, so that it might set your comfort zone a little less, you know, less set. And it wasn't. It was, it was played a little louder than we play things usually, but it was way softer than um, would have accomplished that end. Anyway, this week I was at a meeting, and in this meeting were people who genuinely want to dialogue across, uh, uh, mostly around uh, ethnic divisions. Um, and what I watched was people really trying and still not hearing each other. What, I, I heard a story of a, uh, of a group of, uh, of uh, middle class, from a middle class predominantly white neighborhood and the neighborhood association there had invited a number of, uh, I think they said 20 black ministers to come meet with their neighborhood association so that they could talk about the divisions in the city. And none of the ministers showed up. And the people in this neighborhood association couldn't understand that. They didn't understand there's every reason in the world to assume there's an agenda there. Now, it's hard for us to see through the world where we live the cultures that we grow up in, whatever they are. In the same room, I heard a man, um, a black man who very articulately was presenting some stories of, uh, and examples of why those ministers wouldn't have responded and that their not responding was an answer, that the other people should have been able to understand. I agree with both sides. I mean, I can certainly see both sides of this. But what I heard when this man was talking was the frustration 
And what I heard when the other man was talking was the frustration. And neither one of them in this particular conversation was able to see how the other one was feeling or what was making them feel that way. Now, when I think about different kinds of music, there are all kinds of music that really are hard for me now. Um, as part of my uh, medical history, things were introduced that somehow made my nervous system a little bit edgier than it used to be. And the, the speed of commercials and the sound that they run on commercials is really hard for me to tolerate. There is a lot of pop white music that just irritates the daylights out of me. It feels like the hum over neon or something. There's some anxiety or, I mean, just some in it that just is irritating. And then on the other hand, um, there is... There is some stuff when I pull up at a traffic light and the car next to me is making my windows rattle that's irritating to me. And when I have visited some predominantly black churches, the volume of everything in the service is uncomfortable for me. And I wanted to understand why. And what occurred to me is that if during the course of your life and the, and the history of your family, your senses have been so assaulted so often for so long in so many ways that you have to numb up a little bit to be able to navigate and remain civil. It takes a lot to make you feel, doesn't it? Now, that can go one of two ways. You can either be over-sensitive to all these stimuli because the, because the walls have not completely shut yet. Or you can build thicker skin. People need to be moved. And what moves us is different. Our autonomic responses to things are not the same. Our autonomic nervous responses are not the same. Music that you may love may make me need to scream. But if, but if there are things that simple that can make that big of a difference in how we feel about what's around us. Imagine layers and layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of culture. Now, a minister friend of mine from here in town was talking about something that uh, is part of the Holy Land, the Middle East, where they call, they call these hills tells. And tells are where cultures have been built on top of another culture. 
Um, they, they were, hills were built because that was the easiest place to defend and the stones were cut and brought in and each time there was a war, the city may be destroyed but they would build another city on top of the one that was there. Um, and there, these tells now, which um, have been predominantly abandoned because the cities outgrew the footprint of the tells, if you drill down in them, you can find 20 or 30 different civilizations. Now, we can drill down into the pain that far, maybe. We can drill, go back and try to see where things started and gain an appreciation for that, but we can't undo those 20 or 30 different civilizations that are a part of the culture, whether we're talking about our own or someone else's. We are enculturated deeply to things that we are just kind of clueless about most of the time. And if we ever want to be able to have successfully these conversations with people that we want to get along with and we want to understand, we're going to have to be able to sit in the music that makes us uncomfortable. We're going to have to be able to listen to the things that we don't agree with long enough and deeply enough that we can hear what's behind it rather than what, our, what we think the right answer is. You know, or what we think the if well, if they would just do this, then the 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 neighborhood association said, well, if they had just sent us a letter saying they felt like there was an agenda, then we could have had a conversation about it. But that was expectations from that cultural norm. The wise thing to do was just not to engage for the people on the flip side of that. Now, I won't keep you a lot longer. We talk a lot about James Luther Adams' five smooth stones of liberal religion, and the ones that we highlight, or I highlight most often, are that revelation is not sealed, it's ongoing, and that the arc of justice is long, so, but it bends toward justice, and our optimism is justified. Two more that are more pertinent to today are the second smooth stone, which is all relationships between persons ought ideally to rest on mutual, free consent and not coercion. And number three, affirmation of the moral obligation to direct one's efforts toward the establishment of a just and loving community. So in James Luther Adams' Five Stones, he says we are morally obligated to do what we can to build a just and loving community. Now, I know you folks. I know you're out there engaging. I know you're trying. I know that many of you in many ways are making differences every day with your lives. I'm just trying to suggest 
there may be a little more to some of it. And what I keep coming back to these days is that there's discomfort that's a necessary part of growing beyond where we are. So sit with the discomfort of the sandpaper grind or, the, or our nervous systems or the splinters of glass or the assumptions about having a better answer. And let us be the surprise that the Ninevites were to Jonah by listening and hearing what somebody else is saying 